This is Meg Tilton at the A Cow Life, episode number 42, Why You're a Great Mom Even If You Yell at Your Kids. This is the A Cow Life, a place where LDS women, and really any woman, can come to learn how every aspect of their life is beautiful and has purpose. A place to help you realize how important you are, and that this place we call Earth just wouldn't be the same without you. So sit back and take a breather in that unfolded laundry, and let's chat for a moment about your amazing life. Welcome back to the podcast this week, everyone. It is a beautiful day here in St. Louis. It's perfect weather for me. It's 75 degrees. The sun is shining. There's a light wind blowing. It's just gorgeous. So I'm super excited that you all are here to kick off this new month that's all going to be about mothering. I thought since Mother's Day falls in the month of May that this would be a perfect time to focus on mothering. So I have some really great podcasts lined up for you this month and I'm excited to be able to share with you some really great tips. I have learned a lot about mothering and some healthier ways to view mothering in a lot of the coaching that I've been doing recently. And it's just amazing how I have seen women's lives change as they have implemented some of these tools into their mothering and help them become a better mother. It certainly has helped me become a better mother. I am so far from perfect. I'm not trying to say that at all. I have still tremendous amounts of work to do. But I feel like I have some really good tools to help me in that process of becoming a better mom. So I think motherhood is a really interesting subject. And I think that it's one that we are really hard on ourselves about as women. But I think if we can look at it in a much healthier way, then we will actually be better moms. So I want you to think about when you got your first job. Did you go in and know exactly what you were supposed to do? Most likely you probably didn't. And there was somebody there to train you and help you and show you the ropes and give you direction. Now, when we join the profession of motherhood, there are certainly people there to help and guide us, but I kind of feel like a lot of it is us learning how to do it every step of the way. And the thing about motherhood is it's a new job every day. Our children are changing, we're changing, we're learning and growing, they're learning and growing. And so there really isn't like set guidelines to follow for each child and mother and how they mother. And so I, you know, always think it's so funny how we get so down on ourselves and we can get down on each other about our inadequacies and mothering. And yet none of us have ever mothered that day in that situation. A lot of times we just have to cut ourselves a lot of slack. And so I'm hoping that this month that you come away feeling uplifted and that you are okay as whoever you are and however the mother that you are. Because I truly do believe that you are the exact mother that your children need and that they were sent to you because they have strengths and weaknesses that complement your strengths and weaknesses and that we each need each other. I don't think that Heavenly Father just randomly selects things like that. I think it's very purposeful and very thought out and that we are set up to succeed 
and that we will succeed as long as we're trying and doing our best. And sometimes that means that everybody gets cereal for dinner. That's our best and that's okay. So today though, I really wanted to jump into this subject of yelling at your kids. And the reason I wanted to do this is because I'm a yeller. Okay, so I am not super proud of that, but it's not something that I'm super ashamed of anymore. And it's something that I'm working on. So let me tell you why I I decided to use this as the first one and kind of how I've had an evolution of the way that I look at myself in mothering and what many would consider as a, a big weakness of yelling at your kids and that maybe I'm a bad mom because I yell at my kids and that there's no excuse for that. And I wanted to relate that a couple years ago, I went to a Relief Society class on parenting. And the day of the event, I was really having a hard time. It was a rough day with my kids. I had really little patience for them. I was tired and frustrated and I had yelled. And I mean, I had really yelled at my kids. And I almost didn't go to this class because I thought they're just going to tell me that I'm a terrible mom. And I thought, no, I'm going to go because my friend was putting it on and I wanted to support her. And I also was hoping that I would get some comfort that I was okay and that everything would turn out okay, despite my shortcomings as a mother. Well, unfortunately, that wasn't really what ended up happening. I went to the class And there was another class member who was there and she just kept bringing up again and again and again how strongly she felt about the fact that we should never yell at our kids. Now, I totally agreed with her concept of that we shouldn't yell at our kids. I think most of us would agree with that. Although if my kids are, you know, running across the street in front of a car, I'm going to yell at them right? That's definitely an appropriate time. So we just have to learn how to manage when those appropriate times are and not. When she kept harping on this again and again and again, and oddly enough, it kind of came across in a yelling kind of tone. And um, it had me just sinking lower and lower and lower into motherhood despair. And the thought of, that's great that I'm not supposed to yell at my kids, but how am I supposed to stop? it feels so out of control, kept running through my brain. So a lot of times I think we spout out what we think we should do or what we think others should do, but we don't offer any advice or help on how to maybe counter that. And I think that that's always important when we are trying to tell people that maybe they shouldn't do something. So luckily, though, I've thought a lot about that experience over the years, and I've learned a lot of new things so that I can look at the situation of that evening from a much healthier perspective and a much healthier perspective of me and where I was at that point in my life. Now, with everything that I've learned, do I still yell at my kids? Yep. On occasion, I do. And do I want to someday not yell at my kids? Yeah, that's the plan. And do I think that I'm a horrible mom because I do occasionally still yell? Not at all. And I want you to know that if you yell at your kids, you are not a horrible mom either. So I want to start this off by kind of chatting a little bit more about why we tend to yell in the first place. 
So would you believe me if I told you that it's completely normal to yell? In fact, our brain is wired in a way that creates us to want to yell. Our brain is constantly seeking pleasure and ease and trying to keep us away from danger. So when it comes across a situation that is not pleasant or easy, our brain starts to freak out and think it's dangerous in some way. But luckily, we are humans and we have two parts to our brain. We have the lower brain, which is the part that's totally freaking out when we're coming up against obstacles that are hard or difficult. And then we also have a higher brain that if we train it properly can overrule this lower brain. So when we let the lower brain rule, that is usually when we yell. But guess what? The lower brain is doing its job. It's totally doing its job. So yay for the lower brain, right? So let's look at some examples of what may go on in our lives as mothers and then what is going on in our brains to let me kind of show you how your lower brain is doing exactly what it's supposed to. Now in each of these scenarios, your lower brain is calculating all the work it either already has expended or may have to expend to engage in a particular activity. Now remember, your brain's job is to conserve energy, to seek pleasure, and to stay away from danger. Okay, here's example number one. Your youngest takes a permanent marker to a newly painted wall. Now this usually kicks in the lower brain because in the primitive brain, the brain of our caveman ancestors, this would be equivalent to having spent all day mixing different dirt and flower dyes to create a beautiful mural for your cave, only to come back from trying to find more materials and find that your child has covered it in a mud concoction. Having to repaint does not equate ease and the extra expended energy is not efficient so your brain freaks out. Okay, that's example number one. Example number two, your 10 year old comes to you and wants you to come play with them outside. It's hot, you are in the middle of making dinner and you have already told them no several times. Now, by about the fifth time of this child coming and asking you, your brain goes into panic mode because of a few reasons. First, it's not fun to go out and play in the heat. Secondly, your primitive brain knows that going out in the heat to play and expend energy is not efficient. You may need that energy later for something else, like chasing down food. It also will pull you away from an activity, which is dinner, that is pleasurable and helps generate energy. And the constant asking by your child is like getting poked in the arm every time they ask. In fact, I've actually done that to my kids when they've asked like, a gazillion times, I just sit there and start poking them. And I'm like, this is what it feels like to my brain to have you asking that over and over again when I've already given you an answer. So that's what your brain is thinking. That's what your primitive brain like goes into. Like, this is not efficient. This is not fun. We are not creating pleasure. Okay, so it's freaking out. In example number three, your teenager is out with her friends and is not home by the pre-assigned curfew. What does your mind automatically jump to? If you are like me, it's that she must be dead. The lower primitive brain thinks that she has been eaten by a tiger and drug off, never to be seen or heard from again. I know you do it. I know you do it. 
because I do it and our brains are very similar. Now your primitive brain jumps to the worst case scenario so that you quote unquote think you'll be prepared for the news that she's never coming home. It's preemptively trying to protect itself. So in all of these examples, do you see how when you look at the reason and evolution of why your brain thinks the way it does, it brings greater understanding into why you tend to yell? But let's get a little bit deeper into the why of yelling. Whenever you think a certain way, it leads you to feel something, which then leads you to do something. So when your brain feels threatened, surprised, overwhelmed, exhausted, pretty much stressed in any way, many times the action we take is a burst of energy that comes out as yelling. It releases the tension of the emotion and allows us to stop feeling it in the immediate present. Remember, the brain is seeking pleasure and ease and keeping us away from danger. And this release of energy through yelling makes our brain think it's being efficient because it briefly creates more pleasure. So with that knowledge, the next time you yell, instead of thinking you are being a terrible mom, I want you to just be fascinated at how your brain is trying to protect you and to truly realize it's doing the job it was created to do. Okay, I can hear you saying, but I don't want to yell at my kids. Please tell me how to stop. Here is how you're going to do it. Luckily, you don't just have that lower part of your brain. Remember, you have the higher reasoning brain that is there to help you be a better version of you if you want. This is where you get to choose to think a new thought that creates a different outcome. In the three examples I gave earlier, this is what it would look like. So in the first one, you, when you find your freshly painted wall covered in permanent marker, your lower brain is going to jump to, this is such a waste of time, or I don't have time to repaint this, or I shouldn't have to do this again. While we may heavily believe these thoughts are true, they are actually all optional. Because of our higher brain, we have options to think better thoughts that will create better emotions and keep us from yelling. Some of these thoughts may be, I didn't really like that color anyway, so now I get to pick out a new one. Or, my child is quite an amazing artist. He is going to have a bright future in the arts. Or, yay for me, I get an extra arm workout for the day. Okay, in example number two, when your 10-year-old comes and asks to play on a hot day right in the middle of dinner prep, your lower brain will say, it's too hot and I have to do too much. Or, doesn't he see that I'm in the middle of making dinner? Or, if he asks me one more time, I'm going to scream. <laughs> this is funny because you're actually telling yourself to yell, right? But we always have the option again to think something else. Make sure it's something that you really can believe and grasp onto. So here are some thoughts that might go instead and help you in this situation. You have the option of thinking, clearly he isn't quite understanding what I'm doing right now. I need to take a moment to make it more clear to him. Or I have 10 minutes I can give him and all will not be lost. Dinner will still get on the table. Or I can go outside for a bit because I have air conditioning waiting for me when we are all done. So much better, right? Number three, your teenage daughter misses her curfew. 
Instead of jumping right to, she must be dead, or she clearly does not respect our wishes, or all privileges are going to be taken away the minute she comes home, thoughts like, I'm going to give her a call and make sure she doesn't need anything, or I'm interested to see what her story is for being late, or this is so out of character for her, I'm sure something came up. In all of the above examples, when we can train our brains to think something different that doesn't cause a highly charged emotion, our chances of not yelling go up. It's amazing how it works. Okay, so this brings me to a new part of my podcast that I would like to start implementing. And I'm going to refer to these little things at the end of every podcast that I'm going to do as the call to action part of the podcast. This is where I will take the lesson I taught to you each week and give you a challenge on how to implement it in your own life. You don't have to, but it is an option. So this week's call to action is this. When you yell at your kids this week, I want you to cut yourself a lot of slack and start to look at your brain and realize that it's doing its job. Instead of thinking you are a terrible person, I want you to be amazed at how your brain is working to protect you. Once you have gone through this exercise a few times, I want you to start redirecting your current thoughts to new thoughts and see if that makes a difference. This will take conscious effort. You will most likely fail in several of your attempts, but keep going. It's okay. Retraining your brain is like saying you are going to run a marathon. You don't just go and do it in a day. It takes hours and hours of effort and work, but it is so worth it. And you're worth it. You're an amazing mom, even if you yell at your kids. And your brain is doing exactly what it should. So try that on for yourself this week. Look at how amazing your brain is and how it's protecting you when your kids are doing things that are causing you to want to yell and then start to try and train your brain to redirect to new thoughts. I'd love to hear how it's going for you. And if you have any questions, please feel free to write me an email at meg at the And I would be happy to chat with you over email about the subject and any subject really that you want to talk about. So I hope you all have a great week this week. We are gearing up for summer in the Tilton household. And so there's lots of fun and exciting adventures to be had in the near future. All right, everybody. I hope you have a good one and I will catch you next week on the podcast. Bye-bye.